Hello, welcome back, Oilers fans, to another episode of Game Over. It's just me tonight. No Dennis. Uh, I've got the call. Dennis, it's a Saturday night. I'm sure both Dennis and Avery enjoyed the game, and now they're enjoying their night. I'm here. Happy to be here. It was an awesome game. Definitely very stressful. Way more stressful than it should be against a team like the Montreal Canadiens, but overall, the Oilers won. That's all you can ask for. Obviously, there's some positives. There's some negatives. We're going to get to all that and more. Um, but first, before we get into all that, because since it's just me tonight, it's going to be a very heavily interactive show. It's going to be me and the chat. I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what you thought about the game. Normally, we our chat's popping tonight. It looks like only MGD's here tonight. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to say what's up in the chat, I'll get to all your points uh, throughout the broadcast. Uh, I want to know what you thought about the Joel Edmondson hit on Hyman. Um, I want to know what you thought about the refing. I want to know what you thought about the Oilers 5-on-5 play. I want to know what you thought about the play of Stuart Skinner. Um, and yeah, we're going to get into all that. But before I continue, I'm going to do this off the top just so I, you know, because I've kind of forgot to say this a few times. Uh, at the beginning of the season, both Dennis and I agreed, uh, or we decided, um, in support of Ben, for every Oilers goal this season, we're going to donate $1 to the Stollery Children's Hospital in Edmonton. So far, the Oilers have scored, they scored 82 going in tonight. Add five, we're at 87 now. So our donation sits at $87, uh, 24 games into the season. So as the Oilers score, hopefully they rinse us clean and those donations get pumped up. But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, other than that off the top, uh, they'll, I got to give a message from our friends at Sports Interaction. And then we're going to jump into all things Oilers and Habs. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction, whether it's the World Cup, hockey, football, basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That 19 plus, please play responsibly. All right. All right, guys. So, yeah. Not much going on in the chat. Uh, I think the rest are too tired to call a penalty in the third. Yeah, MDG. Um, I thought pretty much after the Oilers got their third five-on-three in the second period, I would have been shocked. It, it would have had to... A player would have had to pull a gun on an Edmonton Oiler for there been to an, a, another penalty. There was no chance the Oilers were going to get another penalty after. They got... They definitely benefited from some calls. Um... I, I can't really think of anything atrocious. As far as the refing goes, to be honest, I, I if I was a Habs fan, I would probably be a little irritated. Um, I know I saw some McDiver floating around tonight, blah, 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 this, that. Honestly, the way the NHL treats Connor McDavid, I personally, I don't believe he dove, but, um, you know, I, I do see him through orange and blue colored glasses. But for, for as far as the oil, as far as those penalties go, um, at least on the second one where that Doc took on him, um, Doc got into him, and yeah, McDavid did probably go down a bit easy, but the way the NHL treats Connor McDavid, I, I want to say, I, up until like two games ago, I haven't checked in, in a little bit, but Connor McDavid was like 65th in penalties drawn in the NHL among, I want to say, skaters. He should be number one year in and year out. Connor McDavid is the fastest 
and by far the most one of the most skilled players to ever play the game. If, if he is not drawing, he could easily draw five penalties a game. So to see him come in tonight, and he also took two penalties, right? He, he, um, you know, it is it kind of is what it is. Um, I don't think he dove either, but I think Doc's skates, I, I think his skates and Doc's skates got tangled. Yeah, totally. That's one of those things where McDavid's going so fast and it looks like it's going to result in a scoring chance. So there he falls and that could have gone 50, 50. We've seen it a million times. Exactly. McDavid also took two penalties. In. We've seen it a million times where McDavid falls in that situation. Nothing happens in the entire Rogers place. Oh, freaks out. Oh, why don't you call him that? Boo, ref, you suck, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, he he fell. They called it. It could go either way. But I, the, that I don't think was the issue tonight. And then the penalty, like Suzuki took to put the when he was on the penalty kill to put the Habs back onto another down another man for the third time. Like some of those penalties, there's nothing you could really do about them. Like he got the puck in his hand and he threw it like he was going curling. I don't know what Nick Suzuki expected to happen. Obviously, the refs are going to call it. They go down a man and thank. God for the Oilers' power play. Tonight, the Oilers, they ended up scoring, I think Nurse's goal was 5-on-5, five five, and McDavid's second goal was 5-on-5. Five five. But if I'm not mistaken, the other three goals would have been on the power play. Nuge, McDavid, and... Or Nuge, Drysaddle, and McDavid's first. Yeah, those were all power play goals. So, yeah, MDG, MGD, rough night for CeCe. Um, yeah, Cody CeCe, uh, I don't know when this started. I want to say it's continued on for a decent amount of time now but Cody Cece has been struggling with Nurse immensely Darnell Nurse I was thinking about this this game last last game I said his play hasn't we haven't seen peak Darnell we haven't seen Darnell in, in, in at least in his two-way game what we can do but his offensive game at least driving the play five on five to be honest not thinking about his defense whatsoever has been you know better than i think we've ever seen it he scored another goal tonight he's getting chances constantly he's not he's actually making it on a lot of his chances he's making the other team pay but as far as cody cc goes let's see he was on the ice for 14 shots against and only eight shots for now here's the big problem with that because he's paired with darnell nurse jay woodcroft has this five-man unit the dave Tippett five-man unit going on right now you're stapling cody cc to darnell nurse and then you're stapling that pairing to your super line now when you do that and you go Hyman, Drysaddle, McDavid on your top line and you have these guys, you're and CC's struggling so much, you're tying an anvil to your biggest offensive force. So you have two lines two through three pretty much cannot score. New GMR Pugliarvi have some chances that come close. I think they had one goal uh, last game, but for the most part, these lines, like just to be blunt, suck. You have your super line, but every time they go out, you're tying an antelope. You're weakening your play every single time they go out. It's, it's, it, that's on coaching. And I, I noticed lately, lately, Jay Woodcroft is slowly starting to get questioned more and more and more. Some of these decisions he's making, there's, there's downright no excuse for him. Like you should have the eyes to be able to see that Evan Bouchard, I know tonight he he wasn't as good as he's been in the last six games, but there wasn't any, um, I don't think Evan Bouchard played horrible by any means. I think he was just, he wasn't really noticeable. There was a point on one of the other's power plays where Bouchard was at the point. And it's something I've said a lot about him. I was 
shoot, like, you can tell McDavid's loaded, passing him a one-timer, and they want him to load up for that shot, and for whatever reason, Evan Bouchard has become so selective. I don't know if he's heard that shinpad assassin narrative that's been pushed around uh, on Twitter and by the Edmonton media, but, um, yeah, and if you're going to load up to an MDGD in the chat, so stay. if you're going to load up like that, it'd be nice to see Nurse and Bouch. Yeah, totally agree. Evan Bouchard is someone who, say what you want about his defense, it's been good, but obviously there are gonna, he's always going to have his critics. Say what you want about his defense, he will always get, he will put McDavid and Drysaddle in the best position to score. Because tonight, I know I looked at the chances, it says on natural stature that five on five, the Oilers and, and, the, and the Habs both had eight high danger scoring chances. Um, I, I don't know if I believe that to me, at least to me, like, let's, let's see uh, the shots for it. Yeah. Five on five. The Oilers only have 15 shots to the Canadians, 26. Um, it felt like the Canadians carried a huge portion of the play five on five tonight. Great sign for them as a young and upcoming team. And I know they were a team that were at the beginning of the year, at least were planning on being in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. At the Edmonton Oilers, who were planning on being Stanley Cup contenders coming into the game with it out, out of a playoff spot. They were not in a playoff spot at the start of tonight's game against a team with a similar record who, in the first period, it seemed like they were taking them a bit lightly. And it they got off to like this no defense. I was shocked that the that there was only that one goal in the first. Like It seemed like this was going to be like a barn burner. Uh, it wasn't a shootout. It was a barn burner. There were a lot of goals. Not a lot of shots. It's it's a really weird process for the Oilers right now. I'm I'm not really sure what they're doing, but five on like their five on five shots and chances have just dried up. They aren't creating near as much as you would like them to be. Now I don't know if that's because of injuries. I don't know if that's because of line combinations. I don't know if that's because of ice time distribution. Like, do you remember last season when Dave Tippett was fired? Derek Ryan was one of the first players who were interviewed. And Derek Ryan came out and said, under Woodcroft, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something of the sort where he said, under Woodcroft, he's playing a lot more, he's getting the touches, and he feels a lot better as a player. Like, he essentially said that Dave Tippett didn't allow for any of the bottom six to get in the game. Now, if we look at the ice time from tonight, like, Tyler Benson played six minutes and 23 seconds. That's... Did he? No, no. Hold on one second. Sorry. Tyler, but yeah, no, Tyler Benson played six minutes and 23 seconds. I mixed it up. I saw Leon played six minutes on the power play. Okay. No. Yeah. That is horrible ice time distribution. Like Tyler Benson, that line with Dylan Holloway, who Dylan Holloway only played seven minutes and Brad Malone, nine minutes. That is not good. You cannot play. How much did McDavid play? You cannot play... Okay, McDavid played 22-43, Nuge 21. Now, a lot of that is on the power play. Pooley-Arvey played almost 17. That's nice to see. But again, to, to go look at the Benson-Holloway third line, or fourth line, whatever you want to call it, both the bottom lines doesn't really matter. Um, that line, specifically, would played really well. Early in the first, Tyler Benson goes in on the forecheck, makes a hit. I think it was on Jack Eye or Mike Matheson. Causes a turnover, and Holloway and Malone and Benson were actually the were one of the only lines at five on five sustained pressure in that first period. The other lines did not look good. And 
to 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 play those guys when they're actually playing well against a team like Montreal, who, yeah, if you make it's not like if you make a mistake, it's instantly in the back of the net, right? Like you can afford to make some mistakes. You saw the Oilers made many mistakes. I in the first period, Bouchard got walked, Nurse got walked, I, I, Suzuki walked Nurse, Doc walked Bouchard. Um, yeah, and and they, you can you can make these plays. I don't know why Jay Woodcroft is playing these games like it's make or break in the playoffs, and you're running McDavid into the ground. And again, again, I understand there are injuries, but you have at some point you have to just play your guys. You got to know what you have in these guys because if you're going to make changes, um, and yeah, and I see Jacob in the chat. The top line first, the top line featured less noticeably. Yeah, I'm getting McDry fatigue now, and I'll get into that in a bit. Uh, and the bottom two lines weren't really great. Totally, I, I disagree with you on the Benson-Malone-Holloway uh, one. I thought for what they were given, only being on the ice for seven minutes of the game, um, they played fine. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they played fine. But, um... Nuge line five played more five on five. Yeah, no, Nuge totally played played good five on five. Um, I I, I thought he Nuge had a particularly strong game tonight. I thought you know who had a strong game tonight. You know who had a strong game tonight? Jesse Pugliarvi. Jesse Pugliarvi again. I don't think he got on the score sheet. Let me just double check to make sure. Um, yeah, no, Jesse didn't get on the score sheet. But Jesse, especially with Arbor ja Arbor Jacki, who let me just say played a phenomenal game for Montreal. He was everywhere. He was dishing out hits. He destroyed Yanmark behind the net in the third period. Him and Pugliarvi were getting into physical battles. Now, Jesse Pugliarvi is actually the only Oiler this season with a fighting major. I was I was almost sure he was going to double up on that tonight. I was shocked he actually didn't drop the gloves with Arbor Jack Guy. I thought that um I thought that uh I, I thought that was uh, something that was going to happen. I I, I kind of want to see it. I like Mad Jesse. I think Jesse actually plays a little better when he's mad, and he was so physical tonight. Um, I see everyone in the chat is talking about, um, yeah, why is Kyle zero eight zero zero asked a good question earlier about the Edmonton injection? Yeah, totally. So let's get into that. I'm kind of jumping around all over the place. I apologize. It's definitely a different experience without a co-host. I'm pretty much just in my own head. There's no one to hold us on that path or known to stay clear and research so it's a lot of just me talking and filling the air but i love it i'm happy to be here with you guys and now yeah, let's get into the edmonton edmonton hit on hyman so the oilers were already on the power play if i'm not mistaken hyman goes into the corner and he's kind of down he's kind of bent over and Edmondson is a really big guy, and Hyman is an absolute dog. So, you know, when you first see it, you don't really think much of it. But And, and even on the replay, I didn't think much of it. When I first saw it originally, I thought uh, Hyman got high-sticked, similar to what the broadcast thought. And on the replay, you see Hyman bent down trying to get leverage and get the puck and win the board battle with Edmondson. And Edmondson just cross-checks Hyman's head right into the boards. It looked horrible. Now, I don't think, I think we can all agree, I don't think Edmondson's necessarily, his intention was to cross-check Hyman's head into the boards. I was shocked at first Hyman stayed in the game. Just 
concussion spotters alone. You would think that Zach Hyman would have been pulled from that game. He, the guy had a gash on his forehead. He was slammed through the boards. It was, it was not pretty. But um, yeah, and 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 then and then to stay on the bench was impressive. But overall, in that I think five, at the time, five I think was the right call. It was a ill-timed. It was a stupid play. I think the fact that Zach Hyman stayed in the game and the fact that the Oilers won will negate any further discipline. I don't think there'll be a suspension. First, when I saw it, I was a little hot. I was, oh, man, that has to be a suspension. That was a dirty, disgusting, horrible hit. And it was very bad and not something you want to see in hockey. Absolutely. I don't think any further discipline will come from it. Um, because if Hyman leaves the game and he's out, completely different story. But... Yeah, I think this they got it right, and because, thank God, thank God the Oilers are good on the power play. There's PK, came through when it had to, but the power play tonight was awesome. I've, I don't think I've ever seen three five-on-threes in a game. In that second period, the Oilers come out, they get that four, they got four-goal outburst in that second period. Three of them are on the power play. Uh, on that five-on-three, I was getting a little angry at first because they had the first five-on-three. I don't think they scored on that. Then the second five on three, I was like, oh my God, this is a gift from the gods. You're getting gifted a second five on three. You can't, you can, you got to make them play. You got to make them play. Hey, and they, Oilers were looking so hard. They were telegraphing that one timer to Drysidle, that McDavid to Drysidle crosses past. They were just trying to get Leon to open up for the one timer. Oh my God. And I was getting so frustrated because you like, the Habs were doing such a good job of blocking it and shutting that down because it was obvious it was the only place the Oilers were going to shoot from. Finally, Tyson Berry takes a shot from the point. They kind of opens up the lane a little bit because you're they know oh Berry's actually a shooting threat. They're not only looking for one shot, so they start to they pull the guys apart. McDavid drive settle cross crease one timer back of the net. Leon does not miss those ones. I think he missed one in the first period. That's all he's missing. Um, yeah, Leon, that, that just goes without saying. And then you come back, you get your next five on, you get your, another five on three, uh, McDavid scores from Barry and Hyman. Uh, and yeah, and the Oilers are up three, one at that point. The problem is the Oilers penalty kill sucks and the Oilers were not playing well five on five today that the next two goals, the Canadians score in the period. If Genny Dadnov comes down. Uh, he, I want to say walks Tyson Barry. It was either CC or Barry and gets down. Cabs have an odd man rush and he gets a shot. Skinner makes the original save and then Skinner lets out a really poor rebound tonight. I, I want to, I want to say tonight overall, I, Stuart Skinner played good. He played similar to the Chicago game when he had to in that last minute when they were coming on, he played really good. But tonight, his rebound control, I believe, wasn't where it should be. The Habs, he he definitely, by kicking the puck out into the slot, gave the Habs an abundance of chances just from the rebounds. There was a lot of, you know, the Oilers cleared some away and whatnot, but there were there were definitely a, a lot of those chances that could have been different. Like the Oilers definitely got lucky in, in, in with with some of Skinner's rebounds tonight. They got lucky in a number of ways, even in the third period. Right, Joel Armia comes down shoots it off the crossbar down off the goal line and out easily could have been 4-4 there uh and, and and they played really really good 
but yeah, no, I see everyone in the chat talking about Skinner's rebounds. We get rebounds because we don't get rebounds because we don't shoot. Jacob says, and I agree. Like there, there needs to be that needs to be addressed. Like everyone's ta everyone's talking about the the lack of bite in the Oilers' bottom six, but like at the end of the day, the Oilers have a lack of scoring in the bottom six. Like that's where it is. It's not bite. Like if you're gonna go out and get someone who has bite but can score, awesome. If you're going out to get Zach McEwen, all Zach McEwen is, he's Devin Shore that can throw throw a jab. That's all he is. Like, Devin Shore is the new Jared Smithson. The guy is buns. Like, he is bad. He is... I, I can't bear to watch another Devin Shore game. And I know he had one chance today, but obviously he didn't go in. But for the most part, when Devin Shore's on the ice, you're playing in the defensive zone. He doesn't hit. He doesn't score. He doesn't skate. Like, what does Devin Shore do that merits, like, merits coming into the lineup over James Hamlin? At least when James Hamlin is in the lineup, you know you're going to get a full effort. He's going to skate as hard as he can. He's playing for his hometown. He wants to score that first NHL goal. Like, the Devin Shore, where he makes his money, is dealing cards on the plane. And I'm sorry, like, hire him as a dealer hire him as a flight attendant like that that's pretty much what he is he's a flight attendant that straps on skates and if like i can't i can't imagine them w wasting a roster spot on someone else like devin Short. like if you're gonna get a guy with bite you can't bring in zach McEwen. you can't bring in these guys you need like like i see people talking about max domi max domi as third line center would be awesome max domi up in the top six on the wing cheap would be awesome I think that is the type of guy you need. We got to stop talking about, like, that Ryan Reeves discourse that happened. That was ridiculous. Like, why? What would that What would that have done? There, There's blatant flaws on this team. I think we all believe they need a defenseman at some point. I don't know if management necessarily believes that they need a defenseman. But, yeah, the forward group, I would say... Even when healthy, you get McLeod, Fogel, Yamamoto, and Kane back. You still got to add, whether it is a Jonathan Caves or a, a Max Domi, I would add at least two players to that bottom six. You want at least three lines. Like, to me, when I was talking about McDrive fatigue, early in the first, you saw it. They, they were playing uh, McDavid and Drysaddle really well at the beginning. Like, uh, I know I gave credit to Arbor's G-Kotch. I can't, I can't even pronounce the guy's name. Um, Jacki, Arbor Jacki, Jacki, Jacki. Um, Caden Gooley on Montreal was awesome tonight. He was fantastic. I want to know what, if, does anyone know what year Caden Gooley got drafted? Was it 2019? Was he in the Broberg draft? Because if that's the case, boy, did he make, by comparison, make Philip Broberg look stupid. Like, again, no complaints, really. Philip Broberg definitely got into some battles where he lost in the corners. Like, Montreal's got some big wingers, and... Philip Bro they took advantage of Philip Broberg. But yeah, Caden Gooley, one of the best defensive plays I've ever seen on Connor McDavid came in that first period when McDavid does that whole shimmy skate super fast and then he like brings the puck on his forehand around the defenseman, walks right around him. Gooley played it so well. He didn't pull an Alex Edler or a Mark Giordano or even a Jack Johnson from the other night where, oh, McDavid's getting by me. I got to stick out my knee or go cross-check him in the head or do whatever he can. No, he out-muscled and stayed with McDavid and didn't let him but played it super clean and one of the best defensive plays I've seen. For such a young guy, I, 20-20. Okay, so, he is, so he, he's younger than Broberg. So that's not good. <laughs> 
that's not good, uh, considering. But, you know, Broberg has not been bad. I'm just kind of poking fun at him. But for the most part, um, overall, yeah, no. Caden Gooley impressed me a lot. Nick Suzuki scored a decent goal. Would I have liked Skinner to save that? Probably. Again, goal, just as far as the goaltending goes, and I know, guys, I'm bouncing around all over. I'm kind of follow your chat and do all this other do do everything else but um uh, yeah Caden Gooley played awesome um the Habs Nick Suzuki Cole Caulfield wasn't really noticeable one guy who I didn't notice at all and I know he got an assist on Jack Eyes five on three goal Yurislavkovsky oh my god like I've watched my fair share of first overall picks like, to me, an 18-year-old Nail Yakupov was significantly more impactful in the game. Now, you could say that the Oilers had a way worse roster than the Habs do now, and that's why Yakupov was elevated just in such a prominent role, and that's why he plays more than Slavkovsky, and I think he was way more noticeable than Slavkovsky. But, man, what? I, I, I have full disclosure, I don't think I've ever watched I think I might have seen him play twice. I watched the season opener against the Leafs, but... Man, he just doesn't have it. Like, he is big. He, like, I don't know, even know what to think. Like, he kind of reminds me of Jesse Pooley-Arvey in a lot of ways. Um, But, yeah, no, it's 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 definitely an interesting thing. Uh, let's see what else we want to put here. Oh, yeah, one thing that's been killing the others. On the penalty kill, everyone talks about it. Those weak side face-offs. Derek Ryan used to, it used to be Drysaddle who came on the ice. I think Derek Ryan was capable of winning them. So the Oilers, that's what Derek Ryan, one of his main jobs was. Derek Ryan is on the penalty kill to win the faceoffs. He was a great fourth line center once upon a time for Calgary and Carolina. And he was pretty good for the Oilers. This year, he is washed. One of the things that kills the Oilers now, like, and it, it went up towards the end of the game, but they only won 40% of the faceoffs. What was Derek Ryan in the on the draw tonight? Let's see this here. What is his faceoff percentage? Thirty three percent, and the, and those were killed. Like that's where the Jack Eye goal came from. It was from a lost draw by the Oilers on the penalty kill, and that's what, one of the reasons why the penalty kill sucked. The other reason is because Mike Smith somehow had one of the best uh, four on five save percentages in the NHL. They do not have that this year in the goalies. Now we can't blame them for that because you can't really expect them to have that. But overall, yeah, it's it's something that definitely is 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 becoming a concern. I used to not think faceoffs were as big of a deal because if you look at the last, I saw someone do something once where they looked at like the last ten Stanley Cup winners and and they looked at the faceoff percentage and they were all on like in, in between that 45 48% range they were winning less draws so and and can I know at the trade lead line a big discourse all oh, we need that for the Oilers for the last number of years been all oh, we need that third line center that can win a draw third lines like it's actually kind of funny because 4 years ago the list at the deadline was we need a, we'd love a top four defenseman a third line center and a scorer for McDavid and this year going into the deadline think what you want about Ken Holland but this is his job the wish list, at least amongst fans, is we need a top four defenseman, a third line center, and a score, top six score for McDavid or Drysaddle. So, yeah, does that that doesn't look so good there. Now, money-wise, who knows how that stuff's going to work. I think it'll work itself out. One guy uh, in the Oilers' bottom six who I do want to highlight, or I should actually highlight two guys. I saw MG, MGD in the chat say uh, something about Yanmark. I think Yanmark, at least on the second line, he's been playing really well. Way better than I thought. Way better than I expected. I've said that for a few nights now. Um, and he has 
ra these random bursts of speed where he can actually create a chance. He doesn't look like a fast guy. And, not, and I'd say 70% of the time when he's playing, he doesn't look necessarily like a fast skater. But it just comes out of nowhere. And the Oilers had an insane number of odd man rushes tonight. Like Hyman blew three. He actually had a, the breakaway 30 seconds into the game. Um, Hyman has been consistently, consistently one of the most unlucky skaters in the NHL. I want to say he going into tonight, he had almost, he was under five. He has been expected. I think he, he had nine goals, 10 goals. He, he's expected to have like 15 goals. Like he has been so unlucky. Like yesterday, two goals called back off the post, off the other post out. He is on three, two on ones. He had two breakaways. Like Hyman has been around it. It's going to come for him, but especially in your team that as weird as to say, can't score. You need Zach. You need Zach Hyman to start putting the puck in the back of the net. And you would like to see uh, Holloway and Shore play more. Um, yeah. What else is going on in the chat? Let's see. We talked about Skinner's rebound control. The Habs definitely carried the play of five on five. Uh, with eight minutes left, uh, this is where I think one of the plays where Jesse Pulleyarvi stand stood out. With eight minutes left, there was a play on the boards where Jesse just dominated like three Habs. He he was kicking it to his skate from his stick back. And sometimes people, one of the uh, complaints about Jesse's play has been his ability with the puck, his actual puck control. But he looks on it tonight. Uh, he looked really good, and in, in his specifically his battles on the boards and his physicality create so much offense for uh, especially lines without McDavid and Drysaddle that he he definitely plays a huge role in them winning. Um, yeah, right before Caulfield, uh, right before Suzuki scored the first goal, Cole Caulfield missed a wide open four by six for such a sniper. I don't know how you missed that. That was insane. Um, yeah, Connor McDavid. I thought he was quiet at the beginning by McDavid Sanders, but obviously set from the second period on, just tore it up. MGD in the chat. Need to hire Oates as a special consultant. When he played for the Oil, we had three young centers. Sen suddenly become really good face-off guys landing from... And you know what's funny about the face-offs? Just looking at the face-offs. I see Leon ended the night at 50%, but I checked during the game. Going through the game, he was... There were there was a point where he was also 33% on the draw. Like, Leon is supposed to be there. Ryan O'Reilly, Anze, Cope. Now, defense-wise, you can't even compare him, but he's supposed to be there. Ryan O'Reilly, Anze, Cope, or at least in the draw, where you need a face-off win, you send out Leon Dreisaitl. That's why he's out on the five-on-threes. That's why he's out on the penalty, at least before. Um, And for him to not be, like, to be only 50% even is not where you want it to be. Like, you need Leon to be your premier face-off guy. Like, he he definitely looked like he was struggling. And, and the Oilers' face-offs are... They, it's weird because Derek Ryan used to be really, really good at them. But Derek Ryan, as I know many people on Twitter have coined it, the Belanger Triangle. He has entered the Belanger Triangle and he has lost a lot of what made him Derek Ryan. Like, to me, when the guy, when those injured guys come back going into like the next, the next couple of Oilers games here, I would pull Ryan and Shore out of the lineup before any of Yanmark, Malone, Holloway, Benson. Now, I know that's not how it's going to be because you can look at the uh you can look at the ice time distribution you could know who woodcroft trusts and doesn't trust but to me at least those are the two guys especially i think yanmark on the penalty kill has actually been uh pretty pretty good um but yeah no and three five on threes in one game the edmonds edmondson thing um yeah it, it, man mgd i cannot tell you how much i appreciate you being here with me i know it's 
at least in Alberta, it's eight o'clock on a Saturday night. So everyone's probably going out. Everyone's probably doing this thing. Everyone's going to come home from the bar, watch this later. And I'm all right with that. Uh, one thing I did forget to say earlier, let's see how many people are watching. It looks like there's only 18 of you guys watching now. Go ahead, hit that like button. Let's try and get it up to at least 15 likes before the broadcast ends. Uh, really appreciate that. It's just, like I said, it's just me here tonight. So I'm learning. It's an interactive show. You guys mean just as much as I do. Without you guys, I would not even be able to do this show. Because um, I rely on you pretty pretty heavily for this, for content-wise. But yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys spending at least your some of your Saturday night with me. Because it was an awesome game. It was super fun definitely shouldn't uh shouldn't uh, it definitely shouldn't have been as close as it was it's a little like i don't want to start talking about negatives because I, I think overall this is this game is something where an experienced team like the oilers they can come into this game and not necessarily be the better team but they capitalize on the Habs mistakes when they had to they take the W. Like we saw it so many for so many years in a row, where other uh, where other people, where other teams have came into Edmonton, they gave up mistakes, they played like crap, but somehow, some way, the Oilers still managed to lose the game. Right? We've kind of seen that flipping, right? Where the Oilers are the team that come is coming in lazy, and I think that has something to do with the slow starts. Honestly. It, and and it's very interesting because the Montreal I think that's partially why Montreal has such a good record because so many people expected Montreal to be so bad that a lot of teams come in kind of sleeping on Montreal. You're like, oh yeah, Suzuki, Caulfield, whatever, right? So it's like, oh yeah, Hall, Eberle, whatever. It just we're gonna go in, we're gonna dominate. These guys suck, and obviously that's not what happens. They come in and they are very competitive. They're very hard on the forecheck. They play their systems pretty well. I know they're. They make a ton of mistakes defensively, but Jake Allen can be a really good goalie. And yeah, for the most part, the Oilers, um, they, I, that's what I think happened tonight. And I think that's why a number of teams this year have been caught kind of sleeping by the Montreal Canadiens because you don't expect them to put up the fight that they do. But that's all kind of a moot point because the Oilers, again, they did win tonight by a score of 5-3. to three. McDavid shined when he had to. Uh, Dreisaitl. He was awesome. Uh, who who else played good? Nuge. Let's check out the points here. I didn't really look. Yeah, McDavid had one, two, three points tonight. I really wanted an empty net McDavid hat trick. I wanted him to catch Robertson for the for for the uh, for the NHL goal lead here. But overall, fun night. Why is Kyle not enough five five on five time to really evaluate all four lines? The people on special teams would lack energy five and five. With those and with five five energy didn't play, yeah. Um, I I I not enough. I don't necessarily understand what you're saying here. Um, it, it's nice, yeah. MGD, it's 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 really nice after the Minnesota game, uh, to come into a game like this where you take the W on a game that you should win because again we looked at it before. If we look at the Oilers schedule in December. Uh, these are, they are playing a ton of teams that they need to win. Uh, and the Oilers, they came in tonight to game against a team that they absolutely needed to beat because they weren't in a, we said this before, they weren't in a playoff spot coming into the game. They needed to beat the Montreal Canadiens. It looked shaky at times. Did they play their best game five on five? Absolutely not. But 
They capitalized on the Habs' mistakes. They made them pay for it. And they took the W. Anyways. Um, yeah, we kind of... We've kind of... Yeah, we, we've kind of broken down uh, all of it here. Um, four shots. Horrible effort. Um, yeah. I, I think... I, if the chat was popping, I would absolutely stay for longer and just run through everything. And again, I cannot appreciate all you guys enough. Wise Kyle, MGD, J Money, uh, Jacob for stopping by and hanging out with me on, on this Saturday night. But for the most part, the Oilers win by a score of five to three. Next game is against, oh my gosh, I don't even know who the next game is against. Uh, it is, I want to say today is Saturday. It is on the Monday and the Oilers are playing. And they, and they their schedule has been really tough. Next game is against the Capitals, Monday, December 5th. And I want to say the Capitals are still injured. Then you got the Coyotes on Wednesday. So, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. I would expect Stuart Skinner to get all the starts for the time being. And it's going to be fun. I want to say Dennis and I will be back on Monday. I could be wrong, but that's what I believe. But, anyways, Yeah. Have a good night, guys. I can sit here and ramble forever. I, again, I appreciate you all being here. And I will see you, hopefully, on Monday. Have a great rest of your Saturday night. Stay safe. And I will see you later.